0: All right, and uh, man, excited, so thankful for him and and what he means to our church, amen? Amen, so glad that God called him uh, to this area uh, for this time in his life, and man, he has already made an impact in my life, and uh, man, so thankful for our staff. Uh, man, it, it was a, uh, a lonely time, therefore, a little bit, but God has, has brought a staff together, and I'm so thankful for, for Rod, and I think I'm so thankful for Robert uh, in, a, in leading our worship. Man, are you thankful for Robert this morning? Amen. I don't know where he's at, but it's a joy to watch the Lord use him uh, throughout the week, and, um, and man, just so excited what God is, is doing here. Listen, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It is always a joy, as Robert shared, that throughout the week we worship the Lord and and we spend time with him. But Sunday is always a special time uh, for me that I'm able to come and and see you guys and, and worship corporately, worship Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I want to say something before I get started. I have a dear friend of mine, a cousin of mine that is, uh, his wife uh, will soon be in labor today. They are uh, inducing Amy. Uh, So uh, soon, hopefully today, uh, it won't uh, go any further than today. But man, we're thankful uh, for what God is going to do for them. So continue to pray for them. He was texting me before the service and he says, we're here. And I said, uh, get ready. Yeah, get ready. Uh, It's about to change your life. But man, if you love the Lord, say amen. Man, we're going to dive right into our passage today in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 10. And if you don't have your Bibles, uh, you can follow along uh, on the screen with me this morning. But in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, starting in verse number 1, it says, "...and you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air." The spirit that is now at work in the sons of, of disobedience. Verse number three, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Verse number four, but God. Being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and trespasses in trespasses and sin, he made us alive together with, with Christ. By grace you have been saved, verse number 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ. Jesus, so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse number 8, For by grace you have, have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, but it is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God be prepared beforehand that we should walk in, in them. Church, in looking at this passage, I like to think that Paul went from uh, one extreme to the other. In these verses we read today, we will see that Paul talks about both spiritual uh, death and he talks about spiritual life. And, and when we talk about death and, and we talk about life, listen, that is truly one extreme to the other. And I want to take just a, a little bit of your time this morning and talk on the subject from death to life. In this passage, Paul talks about this amazing thing that, listen, that God did uh, for us, right, through His Son, uh, Jesus Christ. And, and I believe in our scripture today that as, as believers, listen, it reminds us and, uh, that God, uh, what He did for us, and He took us out of our, our spiritual uh, deadness and He gave us life. And it reminds us as Christians that we have a reason to live. Amen? We have a reason to live and we have a reason to have joy, but also today for the non-believer in this passage, listen, it gives you hope. If you are a non-believer today in this place, it gives you hope that that even though you are spiritually dead, listen, God loves you enough that he sent Jesus to die in your place. Listen, so that you no longer have to stay spiritually dead, but you can be made alive in Jesus. Amen. Listen, church, that's that's good stuff this morning. In his amazing grace, in his unfailing love, in his everlasting mercy, in his great kindness, God offers you spiritual life in in Jesus. Listen, as we dive or walk through these 10 verses, listen, I believe there are, I want to bring to your attention this morning that I believe Paul reveals to us in this passage. And the first thing in your handout, if you have a handout this morning, there should be a slip of paper in there. In that handout, number one is without Jesus We are spiritually dead. If we were to go back and we were to read the end of chapter 1, it talks about the very power and authority of our our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And then, then church, in these three verses, in in the first three verses of chapter 2, Paul, listen, he takes us to the very, very depths, and he explains the powerless and and the hopeless and, and lifeless condition of fallen man as a result of of his sin. And church, we must understand that without Jesus, listen, we are enslaved by our fleshly desires. Listen, and we are dominated by the sins that are in our, our life. And, and Paul starts out in verse number one and he says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Listen, understand that in this passage, Paul is talking to uh, Christians who were members of the church of Ephesus. And, and we should not forget that these were real people. These were were real people with with real-life stories just like you and I today. And and Paul is speaking to them prior to their faith in Jesus Christ. And he tells them, before Jesus, you were were spiritually dead. Listen, I want us to understand that Paul is not talking about physical deadness, but he is clearly referring to our, our, our spiritual state. Church, I want us to understand this morning that just because, listen to this, don't miss this, just because we are are walking, breathing, functioning human beings doesn't mean that we are spiritually alive y'all with me this morning listen just because we are walking breathing functioning human beings doesn't mean that we are spiritually alive just because we attend church and attend every small group in town doesn't make us spiritually alive listen just because we we read our bible and we know every christian song on the christian radio station doesn't make us spiritually alive but i must say today that just because you are spiritually or physically alive doesn't make you spiritually alive can i get an amen on that amen Listen, I believe that we have people that walk in and out of our churches today all across the world that are physically alive and they're breathing, but they're spiritually dead. And it's because they have not been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. They have not been transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Paul is talking to this church, and, and he says, in your prior state, you were physically alive, but you were spiritually dead listen I love what John Piper said listen to this he said the reason we need a savior is not just that we are in the doghouse with God and need to be forgiven or offending or for offending his glory Piper said we need a savior because we're in the morgue in the doghouse you might whimper you might say that you were sorry you might make some good resolutions you might decide to cast yourself on the mercy of God he said but what can you do in the morgue nothing Church, listen, we must understand that without Jesus, listen, we are in the morgue. We are spiritually dead. Church, know that without Jesus, we're not just just sick. We're not just wounded or or weak and in need of some some kind of assistance to climb out of the situation that we were in. But but Paul says that we were were dead in our trespasses and our sins. This means that Listen, without Jesus, before Jesus, in the prior state of uh, before we were saved, listen, we were lifeless. We were unable to to help ourselves, and what we needed was to be revived. What we needed was to be born again. What we needed was to be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Y'all with me this morning, amen? Amen. Clearly, Paul reminds us that without Jesus, we're spiritually dead, and we're incapable of helping ourselves. And listen, church. We know that someone that is dead cannot bring themselves alive. I believe one thing that Paul is doing in this letter, he is informing, but he's also reminding this church that apart from Jesus, they are, they are spiritually dead. I believe in this passage that teaches us that today without Jesus, listen, man has, has a problem. Listen, without Jesus today, I'm here to tell you that you and I, we have, we have a problem, and that problem is that we are spiritually dead without, without Jesus. In the next two verses, Paul goes on to clarify what this spiritual deadness involves. He goes on to clarify what it involves, and in verse two, he says, in which you, you once walked following the course of the world. Can I stop there just for a moment? Paul says that you once walked Walked. listen, can I speak to the believer this morning? Listen, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are a, a Christian, can I speak to you just for a moment? Listen, even though that we are now alive in Jesus, listen, we must never forget where we came from. We must never forget where we once walked. We must never forget where God has brought us to. Often, church, in my prayer life, I pray that as I I grow in my life and as I grow in, in ministry and as I grow in my personal walk with Christ, Robert, I pray that I will never forget where I came from. And listen, the reason that I pray this, the reason that I pray that I will never forget where God brought me from, listen, I find myself more thankful to the place that he has brought me to. Y'all with me this morning? Listen, when I never forget, I pray, God, I'll never forget where you brought me from out of spiritual deadness. Because when I find myself never forgetting where I came from, listen, I find myself more thankful to where God has brought me to. Listen to me. I know I'm not where I need to be, but I'm thankful I'm not where I was. Amen? amen. Listen, if you're with me, can you say amen? amen? Amen. Christians, I encourage you to never take for granted to where God has brought you from, where you, where you once walked. Paul goes on to say in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that, now, that is now at the work in the sons of disobedience. He went on to say in verse 3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. In, verse, in these two verses, as I said earlier, he clarifies uh, what our spiritual deadness involved before, before Christ. And he tells us in verse 2 and 3, he says, uh, in our spiritual deadness, we, we followed the, the world, we followed the ways of the world, we followed uh, Satan, and we followed our, our sinful desires. And, and Paul tells us in the last part of verse number 3, he says that, that we were of nature, by nature, children of wrath. Church, can I tell you, without Jesus, we are doomed? Amen. Amen. Without Jesus, listen, church, we are, we are in trouble. Paul says that we, we followed the world. We followed Satan. We are followers of our sinful nature. But not only are we spiritually dead, but we are truly in, in bondage without, without Jesus. What are we in bondage to? We are in bondage to the world. We are in bondage to, our, to the devil. We are in bondage to our, to our flesh. I believe in these three verses, Paul is reminding us that in and of ourselves and apart from God, we are desperately and hopelessly lost. We are not sick, but but we're dead. We're without life. We're without hope. We're without potential, without worth and value. Church, I believe Paul draws us to the, listen to this, I believe he draws us to the very depths of our hopeless and empty life with Jesus. Listen to this, in order to magnify the grace and mercy of God. In saving us. Tony Marita once said, Paul then gives us the diamond of the gospel with two of the sweetest words in the Bible. But God. Church fact number one in your handout, Paul teaches us that without Jesus, listen, we are we are spiritually spiritually dead. And number two, in your handout with Jesus, we are spiritually alive. I shared in the first three verses I believe Paul takes us to the very depths and he explains the powerless and lifeless and hopeless life and the condition that we were in because of sin. And listen, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful every day that God did not leave us there. I'm thankful today that that God did not leave us in our in our dead state but he made a way out. Amen. Do you believe this morning that God made a way out for you? Listen, I think so often I'm guilty. I live my life, I come to church, I read my Bible, and I just go on about my life, and sometimes I don't really remember to be thankful where God has brought me from. Listen, I'm thankful that God made a way out for for me. With Jesus, Paul reveals that we are spiritually alive. In verse 4 through 6, Paul turns the focus on God's amazing grace and his unending mercy. One may read verses 1 through 3, and you may ask, What is the solution to my spiritual deadness? Church, I can tell you that Paul clearly gives us that solution. The solution of our spiritual deadness is God's rich mercy and his great love for for us. Listen to what Paul says. Understand that we are dead. Listen, we're following the world. We're following Satan. We're following our fleshly desires. But Paul comes in in verse number 4, and he says, But God... Church, can I stop right there just for a moment? Listen, every time I read these two words, but God, every time this week in my study I read these words, but God, I think of how often, not just in my salvation, but how often in my life was I headed for destruction, but God. Amen? Listen, I think about when I was making all the wrong decisions in my life and I should have ended up dead, but God, I think about all the moments I was in the middle of a mess and I could not find my way out, but... God, y'all with me this morning? Listen, I know I ain't the only one in this place that has gone through through some things in my life, and I'm thankful that God intervened. Listen, when I read these two words, I think about all the times where my finances seemed too much to bear, but... But, God, I think about all the times that I wanted to run from everything that God had called me to, but... But God, listen, you ought to be thankful this morning that God pulled you out of the pit of hell and he brought you to life and he intervened in the middle of your mess. Listen, every time I think about these two words, listen, I think about the moments in my life that I had been overwhelmed and didn't know which way to turn, but God showed up in my life. Listen, I think about the times that that, that the world told me that I would never amount to anything, but God intervened. Listen, I think about all the times that the enemy has told me, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not educated enough, but God showed up in my life listen I think about all the moments in my life that people in my life but but God listen I think about when I should have been on my way to a place called hell but but God listen can you relate this morning listen can you relate this morning amen come on give him a hand this morning listen God intervened And he showed up in the middle of of my mess. Church, I think if we all sat and think just a little bit, we could think of several times that we were headed in the wrong direction and we should have died, we should have showed up. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, but God. But God, y'all can do better than that. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, but God. But God, listen, be thankful for what God has done for you in your your life. But God, in the midst of our deadness, in the midst of our hopeless life, God showed up. In verse number four, he says, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loves us, even when we were dead, here he goes back again, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ by grace you have you have been saved. Church, in these two verses, Paul truly magnifies the mercy and grace of, of God. And one thing I want us to understand this morning, listen, if you're a note taker, I want you to take some notes right here. Listen, one thing I want you to understand is that there is a difference in God's mercy and God's grace. There, there is a difference. Well, a lot of times we put those two things together, God's grace and mercy, but there is a difference in, in God's mercy and in God's God's grace, listen to this, God's grace is getting something you don't deserve. God's grace is getting something that you don't deserve. And listen to this, And God's mercy is not getting what you do deserve. So in God's rich mercy, thank God, listen, we are not getting what we deserve. And because of God's amazing grace, we get what we don't deserve. Church, that's good. Listen, if I don't say nothing else, if I just close the word and we go on home, listen, that's good. Listen, we're not getting what we do deserve and we do get what we don't deserve. That's, 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 that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And the reason that he did that, listen to this, the best explanation that I can give you of why God would do something like that, listen, Paul explains it in verse number four. He says, Paul says, it is because of his great love for, for us. Listen, whether you have figured out you, and he loves, loves me. Paul says God gives us mercy and he, and he saves us by grace and, and we are made alive in Jesus Christ. And, and church, it is truly because of the great love that God has for you and, and for me. Listen, throughout the whole Bible, it teaches us about God's great love for us. Just a few verses, man, my favorite, learn it as a kid. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal, eternal life. Here in Ephesians 4, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. 1 John 3 and 1 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of, of God. Listen to me, God takes us out of our our spiritual deadness, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. In church, my Bible teaches me in 1 John 4 and 8 that my God is is love. I read something this week that I want to share with you. It said, God's mercy is not prompted by our potential or by any qualities we think we possess, but by our own pathetic condition, divine grace was not bestowed on us because we were so worthy or because God found anything good in in us, but because of the goodness which is in God himself. Listen to this. The goodness is in the giver, not the receiver. And thank God he thought enough of me to give me salvation. Listen, you may sit in here and ask yourself, am I a candidate for this great love that, that Paul talks about? I want you to understand this morning that if you are a living human being, you are a candidate for God's love. Listen, if you are are a breathing, living, functioning human being, you are a candidate for God's love. Listen, Paul tells us that without Jesus, you are spiritually dead. But I hope you understand that God, in his great love, sent Jesus to die for, for all mankind, that we may not stay in our spiritual deadness, but that we may be alive in Jesus Christ. At the end of verse 5, by grace you have been saved. Paul goes on to say in verse 6, and, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In verse 5, God made us alive with, G- with, with Jesus. In verse 6, God raised us up and it says he seated us with Jesus And in verse 7, Paul tells us that God will show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus. Listen, we know that this passage teaches us that God in his great love, in his mercy, and in his grace, listen, he gives us a spiritual, spiritual life. And we know that through that we are saved from a place called hell. But listen to this, church. I believe that in these two verses, in verses 6 and 7, Paul is teaching us that God didn't just save us, so that we would miss hell. Listen, that's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome benefit that when God saves us, listen, we miss a place called hell. But listen, I believe in 6 and 7 here, Paul is teaching us that, that we're not just saved to, so that we miss hell, but, but it teaches us that God did this for his glory. He he, he did this for, for his glory, and God did this for us so that in the coming ages, as the verse says, for all eternity, we will be able to testify to God's great love, mercy, and grace, and God be glorified. Warren Wearsby said it like this God's purpose in our redemption is not simply to rescue us from hell. As great as the work as that is, his ultimate purpose in our salvation is that for all eternity, the church might glorify god's grace y'all with me amen and aren't you thankful for what god has done for you listen aren't you thankful that it's a great reminder today that god took us out of spiritual deadness and because he loved us he gave us life for all eternity we get to testify of that of that goodness listen i want to encourage you listen if it's been a while since you just thank god for showing you grace and mercy Listen, I pray today that you'll, you'll spend some time just, just thanking him. Listen, when was the time you fell at an altar, an altar and you just said, thank you for your blessings on me? Not God, can you fix this? Or God, can you give me this? Or God, When was the last time you just prayed and you said, God, thank you for what you blessed me with? God, thank you for bringing me out of death and giving me, giving me life. Thank you for intervening in my life when, when, when life was... Was a mess. When was the last time you just said thank you? Church, I believe we ought to be glorifying his holy, holy name. We sang, Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. Paul says, In the coming ages, for all eternity, we will testify of God's, God's grace and, and his mercy. Number one, in your handout, without Jesus, we are, we are spiritually dead. Number two, without Jesus, we are, or with Jesus, we are spiritually alive. So far in this passage, we see that sin, listen, sin simply worked against us, and God worked for us. Sin worked against us, and God worked for us. And listen to this, but the greater work of conversion is but the beginning, which leads me to fact number three in your handout. In Jesus, we are, we are his, his workmanship. I've said a couple of times in verse one and three, just to recap, Paul took us to the very depths, and he explains the powerless, hopeless life lifeless condition of fallen man as a result of sin verses four through seven paul turns the focus to god's rich mercy and and his great love for us and we and we see that in the midst of our spiritual deadness god intervenes and he gives us life and and paul picks up in verse number eight and he says for by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not of your own doing but it is a gift from god in verse nine not a result of works so that no one may may boast So we know that our salvation has, listen, it has nothing to do with with what we do, but it has everything to do with what God has already done for us. And Paul tells us that it is truly a gift from God. Now we see in verse number 10, Paul focuses on the purpose of salvation. Listen, when we're saved, it doesn't just end, but it's just the, the beginning. Verse 10, he says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them church understand that once we that once God has has changed our lives listen it is no longer our lives but it's but it's his Listen, we are no longer living for ourselves, but we are now living for, for Jesus. In, in what Paul talked about in the first uh, three verses that, listen, we no longer follow the world. We no longer should follow Satan. We should no longer follow our fleshly desires. But when we are in Christ, when we have been made alive in Christ, Paul tells us that we are in Christ. We are his workmanship. And we must understand that God's gracious, God graciously saved us And brought us out of spiritual deadness so that we might live for for him. Listen, I'm not done, but I want our praise team to make our make their way to the stage. I got a little bit more, but you come on. Number one, with Jesus or without Jesus, we are, are spiritually, spiritually dead. With Jesus, we are spiritually alive. And in Jesus, we are his workmanship. Listen, if you are a Christian in here today, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, this passage should serve as a reminder of what you once were and and where you are now in Jesus. It should produce humility and, and gratitude. It should stimulate you to love And good deeds, knowing that even the good deed or the good works which you are doing are those which God has accomplished in and through you for His His glory. And if you are not a Christian, listen, if you are not a believer, if you have yet to surrender your life to Jesus, listen, this passage, as I shared earlier, it should give you hope. It should give you hope. Carson, you just begin to play a little something. It should give you hope. God makes a way out of your spiritual deadness, and He and He offers you life in Jesus. Didn't deserve it. I didn't get what I deserved, but He gave me what I didn't deserve. Church, that, that that ought to, that, that ought to stir just a little something in you. Y'all with me? That, that ought to stir just a little something in you that Paul reminds us in these ten verses that we were we were dead. And God came and he intervened, and in his great love, he made us alive. That should stir just a little something in your heart. That should bring a little gratitude to your heart this morning. Listen, and if you're in this place and you're lost and you're on your way to hell, listen, this passage that Paul gives us ought to give you all the hope in the world. Not anything I can give you, but it's everything that God can give you. Listen, they're going to sing a song, and it's not your normal, I would say, your normal altar call song. Y'all forgive me for this. All right? But I, I want to read just a little bit of this song. All right? It says, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and you put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your your love. Oh, there is nothing that's better than you. There is nothing that is better than you, Lord. There is nothing that is better than you. Listen, Listen to the bridge. You turn graves into gardens. You, 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 you turn bones in, into armies. You, you turn seas into to highways. It says you turn mourning to dancing. Listen, you give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. There is only one who can. You're the only one who can. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet this morning. man. As we can cut the house lights out. Man, I ask you this morning to examine your heart. Man, as the praise team sings, listen, I I want you to examine your heart as Pastor Robert comes up front. I'll be down front as well. Listen, if you are a born-again believer and you have been saved by the grace of God, let's rejoice this morning that He turned our graves into gardens. Amen? Listen, but if you're in this place this morning, if you're in this place this morning and you are lost and you are in need of a Savior, listen, there is hope in His Word today. You come. You come today. Listen, maybe you want to come to a place and just say thank you. Maybe it's been a long time since you just kneeled, and you said thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy that you poured in my life. Listen, me and Robert would love to pray with you.